Hello. 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 We didn't have our usual uh, show pre-flight today. What's that? We usually do a pre-flight. Pre-flight? Mm-hmm. Hmm. What's that? That's the thing we started doing in ATP, and we usually, we've been doing it on Rectifs for, since the beginning. You mean where you don't tell me what we're going to talk about? Yeah, that part. Yeah, well, I stopped asking. I just check in, see what you slipped in. I, I would love that. You know, I, yeah, I would love, I would love an opportunity to chat with you. You, you don't know. need to have a pre-flight. It's just something we usually, uh, usually you get your, your pre-show jitters and you send me a message to try to confirm what we're going to talk about. I get pre-show jitters. I, I do that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why, why would I want to know what I'm going to talk about on a podcast? Yeah, I know. I, I don't understand why <sighs> I want to know. You're so hostile. <sighs> Whatever happened to Massachusetts? Nice. Isn't that a thing? <laughs> is that a thing i don't know i've never heard of that yeah no. yeah that would be useful to me i uh i don't have jitters uh but uh i didn't nap either because you really turned me off to naps now but uh, i think that's really useful especially you know um before you do like a live performance i think it's useful to uh to loosen up you know the way uh that uh swimmers will jump in the water you know you know that thing uh maybe so I, this is a thing. I'm pretty sure this is a thing. Um, you've got a, a swimming race and everybody's lined up on their blocks. And before they, sh- and, the, and they know like in the second or so, or a couple seconds before the firing gun, you, uh, you jump in early and they call a swimming foul. And I think that's what it's called. And then, uh, you're not penalized for one of those. Right. I think, I don't know the rules of swimming except, you know, stay on the right side of the water. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, so what happens though is people do that and they jump in and now you get off the shock of being wet and you're ready to really, uh, and cold, I guess. And then you're ready to really swim. Cause you know, they don't, a lot of them don't have much hair. Right. Cause you don't want that. You don't want to be jumping in totally dry and getting the, whoa, it's a little chilly in this pool and you lose precious seconds with a little. Yeah. I mean, lots of sports have this. You think about, you got the batter, the batting circle, the on deck circle, I think it's called where you get to swing the donuts. Hmm. Oh, speaking of that, did you see this when one of our friends posted something on their blog about it? Uh, what is it called? Banana ball. Did you say this? Banana ball. I don't think I know what that is. Oh, my autocomplete is not doing well. Let me bring up another browser. You should use the standard Twitter app. It's a joy to use. Here we go. Banana ball. Banana ball. It's like Calvin Banana ball. Banana ball for you. Yeah. Is it like Calvin ball? I don't know what it's like. I, I put it in the robot for you. Oh, oh, look at that. Oh, wow. That really pops right up, doesn't it? Okay. Yeah, don't don't bother trying to read this. I'll give you the summary. You can watch the uh, kind of annoying YouTube video at your leisure. We will put that in the show notes, I think. Oh. Um, it's someone trying to speed up baseball by changing the rules. Oh, interesting. And I some of the rules are do. a little bit silly. Uh, but our discussion about rules in sports reminded me of that. Uh, each game has a strict two-hour time limit. <laughs> if you hit a foul ball and a fan catches it, you're out. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's pretty good. So this is in um, uh, Georgia, looks like? Yeah, I think this is a thing they were planning on doing and then COVID hit, so I don't know what their what their deal is. but I think it's a fun idea. I mean, you know, there's no, I mean, the rules do change. You mm-hmm. got that stupid designated hitter thing in the American League. You got all those sorts of things. I think it's fun. Mix it up a little bit. Or, uh, you know, people love stuff. Don't people love stuff like 
you know, where you jump on a trampoline and, and stuff the ball and, you know, th- three point hitters and stuff mm-hmm. like don't don't people like wackadoo events? Yeah, I mean, they're just trying to make it, you know, so the games don't last as long. And so they're you're never waiting around. One of the things because you mentioned the batting, you, you're talking about the on deck circle, but there's also yeah. the batter's box. Uh, mm-hmm. No stepping out of the batter's box and banana ball. You step out of the batter's box. I think it's a strike. I feel. Oh, wow. This is this is some deep, deep, deep memory for me. But I I, I know there's some stuff. I'm probably confusing this with the with a bulk or like, you know, where the pitcher steps off the rubber or whatever. But I feel like there's a thing where if you step out of the box, it's a strike. I remember I feel like I remember something like that from Little League. Oh, I mean, I, I think if the pitch is coming and you step out while they're in the middle of the throwing motion, there's probably some okay. rule, rule about that. I'm not sure. Uh, it's not a, well, I don't know. Anyway. Well, you know, this is only being presented to me right now, but just a, as somebody who is not a pot committed sports fan, I think it could be argued I'm the, not the opposite of a sports fan, but I, I don't like sports culture as we've discussed. But, um, you know what I'm reminded of a little bit is, um, <laughs> not just Calvin Ball. Hey, did you end up watching that, um, Stuart Wellington movie? Mm, which one um where stewart has a small speaking part oh, in that, no, in that no, I have not, movie i have not watched that movie it looks pretty good i, I started it and it, it, it begins with these two kids playing like a version they call it crazy ball but it's mm-hmm. like their own version of you remember as a kid you make up these games that's like it's almost like calvin well calvin ball i think the the essential so here we're talking about calvin and hobbs and calvin invents a game where like he makes up the rules as he goes along right mm-hmm. that's that's the basis of calvin ball we use it as an analogy for you're changing the rules like in the middle of the game. But I mean, that was a big thing when I was a kid for, for a couple reasons. Like the, on the one, it's just fun. It's fun to like take something that's kind of like a game, you know, I think tag is one that's certainly, it could be freeze tag, TV tag. You got all the different tags. <laughs> I, I had not thought of TV tag for probably two decades until you said TV that. TV tag though. I mean, just name a TV show, right? It's right. not that yeah. hard. But. Well, you know, let's, let's the couch potatoes finally have an edge. All those Waldorf kids are always, you know, getting froze. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but I think that's a fun thing when you're a little kid is making up, making up games and making up rules. But, you know, then there's also those things of like, I'm trying to remember the specifics, specifics of this, but like when you play ball with fewer than <laughs> 18 people, you play it in the street and then you come up with all these, um, they're not ad hoc. It's like, there's not, you're not, you know, you know you're not major league baseball, but you could say stuff like if if you hit the ball and it goes to this area, that's a foul, even though that's not going to be the, the same kind of foul line as a major league game. Um, but all kinds of stuff where like you have to make accommodations for like the number of people who are playing or think about the way when uh, you would play like one on one way you like have to pass and take it out and go past the line and come back and mm-hmm. You, you try and make things that accommodate the number of people playing to keep it fair and keep people from hacking the game. So those are, you know, a couple childhood things. But the truth is, like, so much of professional sports is about hacking the game. It's about knowing there's just, there's so many rules and there's so much regularity. And, like, without, you know, cheating, like, how do you leverage all of the known elements of this game, you might build out a whole roster based on the rules of the game. You know what I mean? Like knowing, you know, what, who you're facing with other teams and all that kind of stuff. I think it's fun to say like, Oh, by the way, new rules tonight, we're doing it. We're doing it this way. You got to name a TV show when you catch the ball. Yeah. For casual things. Like, uh, I think everyone has no problem with that, but it's for like the, the big name stuff, major league baseball, the NFL, whatever, all these, you know, the, the major this looks sports. like a regional team though. This looks like a, 
like they'd probably do a lot of giveaways and stuff. I'm oh guessing. yeah, I mean it's like it's like any minor league game. It's it's supposed to be a fun family event, mm-hmm. and incidentally, there's also a baseball game going on. So they want to keep right. it right. But for for the big name games, especially when I was younger, I, I my impression was that like well, tradition is very important in games like this, right? And so we don't want to change it too much. But as I got older, you could see that some sports care less about that tradition than others, right? I mean, you mentioned some changes to baseball, but baseball in general tends to be pretty uh tied to its tradition whereas the, the nba they'll move that three-point line around they'll add a shot yeah. clock they don't really care you know in the nfl they're all just right. too busy getting brain damage so i'm not sure oh, what well. what's going on over okay 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 you know i i uh i agree with you on that um the uh so what is this banana ball okay i uh yeah i don't know i can see why people would would feel that way but i uh i don't know I don't know. It's 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 I guess it depends on what you're there for. I mean, I think kind of famously with baseball, so many people are very interested in it seems like the rules have to stay as much the same as possible. So, you don't end up having asterisks. Everybody looks back and hates the asterisks, whether that's the Black Sox, certainly, or, you know, the the steroid scandal. But those were, you know, avoidable in their way. But was it maybe 72 when they introduced the designated hitter? But like all the times that you've introduced a major rule change, I think the statisticians amongst the fans get really frustrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm guessing something like bowling's probably always kind of been bowling. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. I think it's I, I think it's interesting. I think, you know, uh, you have a, a childlike mind. If you want a banana to go, you know, name a TV show, I'm not going to say no. Yeah, I think I think the whole thing with the banana ball is it requires the existence of quote unquote traditional baseball for much of its fun value, because Mm -hmm. in and of itself, if this was the only game like this that existed, it wouldn't be particularly fun. But it's only fun to people who know the real rules was like, isn't this wacky? The first team, you know, the first team that takes a lead in the inning, the inning is over. Like, that's one of the rules, like to make innings don't go on that long. If you take if you take the lead, that's the end of the inning. Right. So. Oh, and each inning okay. is a point. And so, you know, you can, you can, you know, if you win the inning, you win a point in the first team to five point wins, like it's totally changing the scoring system. And all of this is mostly wacky because of how it differs from regular baseball. Otherwise, it's just a different set of rules. Yeah. Well, if you flip it around, I mean, like if you told me that I was watching uh, a match, if I was watching cricket, but they're playing banana ball rules, like I, I wouldn't <laughs> would be never able know. to tell yeah. you. Although I, I guess the game would I mean, be and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be silly about it, but like I... I've spent a, a tiny bit of time trying to understand it, and I've seen a monster factory about playing cricket. But like, I don't, I don't really exactly understand. And there's some things that go on multiple days. But you know what? Actually, never mind. Don't email me because we do have some follow up junk. We do our follow up and corrections. We have some. We have extensive corrections this week. We do. We're just making mistakes left and right, both of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah we should really, we should really fact check this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's almost as though we're speaking extemporaneously mm-hmm. and not from a mm-hmm. vetted script. Um, we were informed by, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter user and listener, presumably stolen underscore name. Thank you. Stolen underscore name. Uh, that when I was talking about the shipping forecast, uh, UK weather report, and I didn't say English, so I think I should get some credit, but the UK weather report, uh, called the shipping forecast, um, which I, I, I think a lot of people know about this, maybe, you know, British people, but anyhow, and I just in passing said, I believe this is on, cause they always say it on the, on the recording that I listened to at night. Uh, it, I had referred to it as BBC four. Um, we are informed by stolen underscore name that it's actually BBC radio Four. 
because over on the other side of the pond, BBC Four refers to the television network. Um, I regret the error. Hey, at least at least you got at least it's actually on BBC. The the running gag on the incomparable is that right. every ITV television or is BBC. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet Jason drives a lot of people crazy with that. He's the one who really leans into that, right? Yeah, I, I think you. That's a very minor correction, but I'm, I'm now that you've uh, set that straight, you know, the world can sleep easy. Uh, my corrections are much more embarrassing and are. Well, over I got one more thing to say about oh, okay. that though, because like, can you name? I just said one of them, like. I, I don't know if I can name too many other sources of media that aren't the BBC. Can you name others? Uh, now, what about I, Thames? What about is Benny Hill? <laughs> is is that is because that's a they show right, the thing that right, says yeah. Thames and there's a reflection. Yep. Now, is that a production company or a TV network? I think it's a production company. Mm. That's my theory. Okay, I'm sticking to it because I, okay. I saw that in front of what uh, Danger Mouse, Banana Man, Banana Man. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, um, a lot of bananas this week. Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. I don't have that much to say about it. Going. You, you. Yours are. Yours are really, really small. Well, they're of a type here. Um. So the first one was. Uh. You asked me where I worked when I worked at that ebook place, and I named yes. the wrong city, a place wow. that I drove to for years, just back I'm and so forth. I'm so sorry for anybody who hasn't been able to sleep for the last two. I weeks. know. Well, it's here's why it's embarrassing because it's a fact from my life, and to answer your your question that you may be thinking no my wife did not correct me on this apparently she doesn't know where i worked either <laughs> i realized that when i was listening to myself which is the thing that i do i listen to podcasts that i'm on to hear what i said you would think that's a silly thing to do or maybe like if you're trying to get better at podcasting it's a good idea but at this point one of the main functions is to remind myself of what was said on the show i know because I know. when you're and, in and the middle so of y'all it, know little little bit of bts here not yeah. the band but John does not, because I do the work on this show, uh, John doesn't listen to uh, the podcast until it is both uh, f finished, edited, and, and released. And that's when you treat yourself to erectives. Yep. And I need to do that. So I uh, remind myself of what we spoke about. Because when you're in the middle of doing it yourself, when you're in the middle of, when you're on the pod, I mean, obviously, this is a very narrow experience. So for anyone listening who doesn't have a podcast, this is not useful or actionable information but but i mean you could say to somebody like do you remember which which weekly meeting you said this thing and it's like no they all just kind of like i mean I, I, it's not that i don't remember us ever having a meeting it's just that i can't specify like when a specific thing happened right and when and it's kind of like the the old cliche of like uh you know i guess most people experience this when in the advent of the web and blogging when many many more people became quote-unquote published writers where you write something and you look it over and you're like all right i good and, and you post it and the second you post it on your website you go look at it to see it shining there on your website and you find all the typos right 100 percent, absolutely that's true it's true. like yeah blogging is a great example but it's true for everything where it's like and that's one reason i really like stuff that will let you like when i was a net newswire guy i used to i'd made i'd done that thing where i made a wrapper out of my website so i could see like what it would actually look mm -hmm. like once it was on the page and it's true right now with marked actually mark does brett did make a tool that lets you do that a similar thing like you identify the content area and then you can just rip out all the HTML and CSS. It's really cool. But like, I, I swear to God, stuff that looks fine in NV Alt, I hit Command Shift E, I look at it and marked, and I'm like, what this, there's so much verb disagreement, wrong, you know, plurals. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there, one aspect of that is the trick they tell you, oh, change the font, change the margins, change the word wrapping, because your brain will fill in like a word that's missing at the end of a line. But if you change the font size, they wrap differently. And now that word is missing 
in the middle of a line and you're able, better able to catch it. And just changing the font and making it look different is one thing. But the other aspect of it, you know, with the blogging angle is once you publish it and you know everybody in the world can see it, suddenly your brain kicks into another gear, which is like the fear gear, which is like, okay, I know you thought you proofread that three times, but now just so you know, the entire world can see it. So now your brain says, I better look really closely at that and really read it this time because now I'm afraid someone's going to find that I misspelled the word or whatever. And then you'll find it. And so I find, find that listening to myself on podcasts is similar in that I know it's out there in the world and my brain is in a different mindset, both both in terms of listening, like I'm able to listen to and enjoy the podcast you know, as a even though I'm on it as a thing. Obviously, it's, you know, when it's a panel discussion, it's a little bit uh, easier, you know, but anyway, you know, I'm not just listening to myself talk I'm listening to the other person talk I'm listening to how the show went. And then I'm hearing myself say things and. Like, for example, when we were talking about, oh, you're at the ebook place. I remembered that part of the show because I'm my mm-hmm. that's totally bad. I'm like, and I'm anticipating myself saying, oh, yeah, that place was in X. But I don't hear myself say that. I hear myself say something else entirely. So just to set the record straight, the ebook place, as it is known, was in Maynard, not Sudbury. It, they're close to each other. So I was I was close. But yeah, Maynard. Um, and it's not that's not a thing yeah. that I didn't know. I wasn't confused about it. But what did my mouth say? My mouth did not say Maynard. In fact, when I was listening, I was like, this is my brain was like, this is the part where you say Maynard. And I didn't say Maynard. It's like an out of body experience. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's it's also like, I mean, I, I will sometimes well, I commit I commit a lot of errors. And I have a thought on this in a second. Uh, remind me about Shakespeare in a second. Um, I, I do have a thought on this, which is that it's you know, the same way that like tip of the tongue phenomenon works where you're like, oh, I don't know what this word is, but I know it starts with a T or something like that. Like I know what, where that's filed, but I don't know what the word is. You drive yourself crazy. And they, I do stuff like that all the time. And I do, I agree with you. It's like an out of body experience. I cannot tell you how many times in the last six months I've said Ted Leah when I met Ted Lasso, which is a little bit of a snap, as Marco, Marco calls it, the snap to grid problem, sort of. Because my familiarity with Ted's is uh, is a Ted Leo situation. And so, but like I did one the other day, and of course I can't even remember what it was, but I will frequently do that where I get a first name right and a last name wrong. And then on the second time I refer to it, I get it right. I go back to getting it right. So I think it's that my mind was accelerating too much at the time that the words came out of my mouth. And then, you know, a few minutes later, like everything sort of calmed down. And but here, here's what I want to say about Shakespeare and podcasting. I think I think this is true. If you if you want to experience uh, Shakespeare, uh, I think especially a play, well, also a poem like a sonnet. But like you really, you know, if you can watch a see a theater performance or watch a film of it, you're going to get a lot more out of it. Obviously, all the context clues of like hearing how the person says it, you know, facial expressions, all of those things. But the piece of advice I got a long time ago that I it's probably true for everything, but it's really true for Shakespeare if you have to read Shakespeare. So if you've got to read something like Hamlet, woof, that's really, really long. But the critical part with Shakespeare, I have heard it said, is you have to read it at the right speed. You can't read it too slow and you can't read it too fast. Like you'll never read it slow enough to understand everything that's happening. And if you lose the musicality of it, you, you, know, you can't sort of get into it. Whereas obviously if you read it too fast, you're, you're going to miss a lot. And I think that's kind of how podcasting works, too. You have to find the appropriate v- sort of velocity for what like what the exchange is. 
you know, like there are weeks where like on do by Friday <laughs> where Alex is a little more, as we used to say, manic than I am. And like, I can't keep up with them. And then other weeks where like, I'm, I feel like everybody else is going in slow motion. Like I'm Quicksilver or something like that. But does that make any sense? Like the, you got to find your right velocity. Yeah, I think that's true. But I have in mind when I hear myself say these ridiculous things is, I mean, I guess this is true, not just a podcast, but of regular life, because I think in all of our daily lives, what you just described, that phenomenon of feeling like what speed are you in versus what speed is the person you're interacting with? What speed are they in right now? Yeah. Um, that there is often that mismatch. Uh, and we all know that in just plain old non-podcasting life, uh, we may speak all the time. Uh, we know that if we have spouses, for example, who tell us, uh, you just said X and you, you meant Y, and then you go, no, I didn't uh -huh. just said X. And anyway, that's a, that's yeah. a typical, uh, marriage conversation that you have. I think all of us misspeak all the time. The differences are we're not recorded 24 seven. So it comes mm -hmm. and it goes, and that gives us plausible deniability to insist to our, uh, spouses that we didn't say that we would never say that that's ridiculous. Of course, mm -hmm. we said the thing we meant to say, uh, and yeah, there's no recording obviously. to prove otherwise. Um, but on podcast, there is a recording. So I'm not sure if I do it any more or less on podcast than in real life. But anyway, it's recorded. So I hear myself say it. Well, and maybe, maybe I don't know if it's implicit that why I'm why I'm saying the thing about Shakespeare or whatever. It's that I mean, I don't mean to sound like I'm scolding. Like, I appreciate the people listen. But it's that, again, you know, if you if or when you ever have the bad fortune to ever be on a podcast, it's very illuminating that it's it's not difficult to do but it's not as easy as it looks it's a lot like playing jeopardy at home or like i've thought about i've thought about you know doing the puzzle on like weekend edition sunday mm -hmm. like sometimes i'll i've thought about doing that but like i know i would choke like there's all these things where like i could i could be 100% on the puzzle because i'm sitting at my house having coffee you know but if i was on the phone with will shorts like i don't know how great i would do at that there is, and I don't know, I, there's, I don't know what you call that. Is it performance anxiety? I don't know, but yeah. there's all kinds of things where like, if you, if you like shake somebody awake and ask them a question, you might get a real different answer than if you gave them like some time to really think on it. The reason I say with podcasts is that, you know, if we all took the amount of time for the kind of show that I enjoy, the like old school sort of podcast that is not the new school sort of podcast that's become the popular kind of like scripted podcast. I like people just talking. And I like it when, you know, I have to really listen and, and keep up. I, I, I like that, you know? And so, I mean, obviously you don't want to say something that's like medically dangerous or something, but if we all waited long enough to see, always say exactly the right thing, I mean, how much do you love it when somebody stops in the middle of a podcast to look something up on Wikipedia? Like it rarely makes for great radio. That's the only reason I mentioned it is that like, shows have a different feel shows have different velocities and like a downside of that can be that you're not going to get everything exactly right every time and i guess that's why we have corrections yeah speaking of corrections the second one mistake i made i was talking about a model of camera i said the wrong model name and then i caught myself later in the episode because I, you know i'd realized i'd said it wrong and i made a correction i said it really i said this and it really should have been that right and then i listened back to the show Remembering both of those things, remembering that I set a camera model and remembering that I corrected myself. Mm -hmm. And we're coming up to the part where I say the camera model and like, oh, here comes the part where I made the mistake. Uh, you know, I, I was supposed to be talking about this particular Sony camera, but I, I said a different Sony camera model number. What I actually said in the show was Canon R4. So I got mm -hmm. the, the make and the model wrong. 
it's Sony, not Canon, and it's not mm. R4, it's A7 uh, Roman numeral 4, right? The only part uh-huh. I got right was a 4, and even then it's a Roman numeral and not a... And then, so later when I corrected myself, the only thing I corrected was the model, not the make. It's just really... It's, I think this was the, the most out-of-body experience I ever had listening to myself when I heard myself saying things that if you had bet me very large sums of money, I would have said... No, I didn't say Canon. I said Sony, but then I had the model wrong, and I collected collected the model later. It's I hate doing that. I hate that so much. I I I don't think I I probably didn't invent this term, and if I did invent it, I don't think I invented it this week. But I found myself saying something two days ago, where I did something, and the phrase I'm going to introduce here is triple wrong, (laughs) where I'm triple Uh I'm triple wrong about something. And you can guess what that means. There's a little little kink in the middle where, like, I was even wrong about what I was wrong about. And it, it's like, we, in this case, um, my wife was uh, putting new inner tubes in her bike. And that's, you know, I considered that a two-person job. I was like, well, let me give you a hand. And, you know, we, we've we got this, uh, so we got the tools and everything. We got all the, the supplies ready. And I was like, okay, well, like, I can I can get the bike pump that's at the office, but you know, we've got this, our fancy like battery operated inflator thing. That's it's So it looks like a drill basically, but with a hose, little, you know, a little tube on it. And it's great for blowing up anything, not including or especially uh, car tires. Uh, what I love about it is you punch in the PSI that you want to arrive at and it takes care of it, you know, for you. It's really, it's really cool. I said, oh, you know what, though? (sighs) So uh, you can just jump in on all these different levels of wrong. First of all, when I cleaned out the garage, I hadn't been able to find the charger for the battery. And then I was like, oh, I remember. I got the charger for the battery somewhere. This is boring, but telling. I was like, I know. when I I feel like when I cleaned out the garage a couple weeks ago, I found a gallon-sized Ziploc with some various battery-ish related things. I'm like, I know it's somewhere. I know it's somewhere and i kept looking i was tearing the house apart i couldn't find it and i i know enough about myself to know why don't you just go down the garage and and retrace your steps start at the most basic level look at the thing look next to the thing and i'm thinking of course i'm gonna go down there on the i'm gonna find the battery okay well guess what level number one oh i did find something i found i found the charger the charger was in the bag with with the dingus okay well bad on me that was kind of stupid but you know what wasn't in there the battery. I don't know where the, the battery is that goes with the, the, the pumper upper thing. And it's like, I just, I, I hate being like super meta stupid. We're like, I'm like, Oh my God. I like, I got assumptions on top of my incorrectness. And like, it just makes me feel like I'm losing my mind. You know, you, I bet you attribute that to age. I, I thought the kicker was going to be you were in the wrong house. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Technology Untangled. Uh, this is a new audio show. Uh, it's new to me anyway. Uh, and you can go find it anywhere that you would find uh, probably your uh, your podcast. You go and you search for Technology Untangled. Well, what is it? It's a show hosted by Michael Bird. It's a show that deciphers tech's rapid evolutions with one simple question in mind. What's really going to shape our future and what's going to end up in the bargain bin with the floppy disk. I, I recently listened to an episode about uh, 5G, and you can too. It's Technology Untangled. Uh, some past guests on the show include people from uh, Google, uh, Sainsbury's, Aston Martin, Red Bull Racing, Nokia, Gunhilly Earth Station, the New York Times, and, uh, you know, like I say, Nokia. So, so they're all in there. 
And to give you an idea of episode topics, you can expect a deep dive into 5G, like I say, which untangles the who, what, whys, and hows of 5G and what it means for you, uh, how supercomputers are helping us fight uh, against uh, COVID by sifting through billions of molecules to look for drugs to repurpose. I guess they're inside the molecules, so that's kind of cool. Along with the AI, uh, the future of jobs, episodes on energy innovation and mission to Mars. Uh, So many choices. You can check it out. Go search for Technology Untangled anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I I hope you listen to podcasts. And of course, there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Uh, Please go check out Technology Untangled. Our thanks to Technology Untangled for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Um, have you made any progress with your, uh, your camera? Uh, any, any, any change on looking at camera? You're still waiting for something to be announced? <laughs> oh, you're going to make me do it again. I'm waiting for the, the Sony R47, A7 right? Roman numeral four to be released because still. that is the last shoe to drop. And then I will be able to assess the landscape of cameras in my, that I'm interested in. And I'm very familiar with all of them, except for this one that hasn't been released yet. And then make a decision about what I'm going to uh, buy if anything yeah it's hard to buy things i don't know if you heard uh, last week's do by friday but we're starting what may be a series i don't know we haven't had our our pre-flight but um i've been you know really interested in, in home assistant and alex is interested in home assistant and we ended up talking about synologies and like where the depth of my wisdom ends up falling apart pretty fast because like even when i go to the synology site i hope it's not mm-hmm. just me mm-hmm. but even the synology site is really good i think their documentation for stuff is generally really good you know their site like a lot of sites it still suffers a little bit from that whole like business flavored silo problem you know my kid ran into it like ran into this like literally this morning looking at some consumer website and she was trying to find some kind of uh, like a toy or a collectible or something and it's all organized by like franchises. It would be enough for Funko Pops. I could see that making sense because every Funko Pop's identical except for the branding, pretty much, mostly. But like, it's just I, I when I, I'm like, oh well, I got this one. The one I got for home is one I would recommend to people. The 920 plus. I think I did enough research to feel like I didn't buy the stupid one. But I just go there and my my brain just melts. Even if you click the box that says only show differences. I just, I get so overwhelmed with that stuff. Yeah, they, they probably have too many products and the, their product names are not great. And their website, I always feel like there's a lack of sort of visibility of the high level organization. So you're just kind of like fumbling through in the, in, the, mm-hmm. in the thick of the jungle and you never really know where you are or what the big picture is. I, I agree. I, I think they're, uh, I can't believe this is a word, but their configurator wizard where you can go and say like, you know, given this many bays, right. what drive should I get to end and using SHR one or whatever, the non casey one, how do I end up with this amount of space? Like what drives do I need to get to do that? And I think that's pretty good, but like all those kinds of websites, some are better than others. Like, you know, and some like, like low end Mac, like I'm going to give them a break because obviously that's not a website where somebody's probably spending, you know, 10 hours a day working on it. But like, if you want to go in and compare two models of Mac, like I'm glad that I'm just glad that exists, but like I do, I do get really overwhelmed with all the features and benefits, and it's so easy to like if you were just like us, and I, I'm not trying to say I'm like a smart person, but like if you were just the average bear and you landed on the Synology site and you go like, ooh, 
this one lets me have 500,000 email addresses, but this one gives me a million email addresses without ever stopping to say like, how, uh, am I going to use this for email? Like all these different, cause they're, they want to be like an SMB, like small to medium sized business and larger enterprise company, hardware, enter, enterprise hardware company, kind of, I think that's what they aspire to be. Of course, a lot of us are just using it for Plex. So, you know, I don't know. I get overwhelmed by things. I think you've taught me that, that I don't love is that, well, certainly you've taught me to doubt myself and to even doubt me about why I doubt myself. But like that is kind of a frustrating thing sometimes to feel like I'm not really sure what's like what step I skipped here. But like it, it does make me feel a little bit like I'm losing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm dreading when my Synology finally dies someday that I have to, I'm going to have to go through what you just described. Um, and I'm unlike cameras where I'm and televisions where I'm sort of perpetually uh, up to date and looking at them, right? I'm not yeah. doing that with Synologies because it's not something I relish. So when this thing dies, I'm going to have to dive in under time pressure to that website and just be like, all right, what do I actually need to replace this thing? Like if I could snap my fingers, I would say, just give me exactly what I have again. Because it's fine. I have no complaints about it. But just have it end in a 21 instead of a 17 or whatever. <sighs> Maybe, but so much has changed. I, think the, right? I think the last two numbers are the year. Yes, they are. I, 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 figured, I figured that out after an embarrassing amount of time after <laughs> receiving mine. That the last two numbers are the last two digits of the year. But, but you could really, I mean, you know, and I, 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 I can't say this off the dome, but I spent, especially when I bought, so when I bought the one in the 1618, which I bought in, 2018, I spent a lot of time looking at it and it, you know, it's a plus, so it's got the smarter guts. But then when I got the 920 plus, like I spent a fair amount of time shopping for that one. But like, even then you can really, I feel like it's pretty easy to miss something that will, something that will be a big deal or a big difference now, but it'll be a huge difference in a few years. Like if you want something that's future resistant, like make sure you see like, okay, this one does really good. Like this is this one's fine for uh, whatever H.264 at 1080p and like, well, this one will this do H.265 at 4K or whatever. It's like missing just a few letters in one of those table cells could be a very, very costly mistake. Yeah, and that's the reason why I wouldn't just get the identical one because I'd be like, well, I should make sure that I get a better CPU and more memory and I should make sure that it has the hardware decoding or what codecs and, uh, you know, in the end, it's not quite as fraught given how I use mine and that I like, I, you know, my main Plex server is the one that runs off, uh, one of our Macs and it just uses the Synology as dumb storage. It doesn't ask it to transcode at all. So you can always fall back to that when your CPU sort mm -hmm. of ages out and becomes useless to you. It's like, look, can you, can you get, can you, uh, can you just get the bits to me? Can you? Like, yeah. You know, I'll tell you one thing to keep in mind based on my cursory, I don't really keep up with this stuff, but like. I mean, I know one thing I see in um, in um, notifications every once in a while is like, oh, you know, you're using you're not using like official RAM. And I'm not like I'm I'm, I'm technically, especially on the 920 plus, I'm using way more RAM than I'm supposed to be using. And no, so far, it hasn't caused a problem. But that so one to watch out for is like it'll it'll ding you about that. But supposedly right now, I don't know if this has started yet. But they're going to start getting a lot more picky about whether the drive is properly rated according to Synology. So, like, I got WD Reds and WD Red Pros, which I I hope will be okay. But, like, I don't know what happens if they flip a bit and say, like, well, only these ones that have been, like, approved by our program, you know, are, are going to be usable in there. That would be really gross. 
but uh, something to watch out for. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine because the, the, this type of company is not the type of company that's going to change that, those rules on people with existing devices because in the enterprise, you never do that. Right, especially because they make them to be used in multiples. Like it would be a real bummer if they flipped a switch and screwed people with like, you know, right. 10 units in, that are in production. That's not, a, that's not a, the enterprise thing to do. Going forward, if you buy a new one, maybe it has a new set of rules, but existing ones are almost always allowed to continue on as they were. Be a good project. Be a good project for you. Well, anyway, the camera thing is definitely uh, a project. Uh, it's just a project that's currently in limbo as I wait. Uh, but once once that announcement is made any time now, then I'll have some decisions to make. Maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Something somehow in my brain, at least, related to your camera. I mean, so part of the reason for the camera is like you'd like to have the camera that you like when you go on your, hopefully, it is hoped go on vacation this year right that's part of the reason mm-hmm. and just every day around the house like i use my big camera you know we are getting the full court press from the family right now about august about usually august is when you know oh, from the extended are, family you mean yeah but i mean like it's not just the rhode island family it's it's all of the well all the brothers and sisters especially the six brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and their extended family and you know it's like I'm just like, oh God, it's beginning. It's beginning. This is this is the thing I talked about last week, right? The like this it may be harder to get back in than to get out. I mean, canceling plans is was pretty understandable a year ago. And now the like restarting plans, because well, let's put it this way. We are we've been a lot more conservative about every aspect of corn than I think almost anybody else in our family. That's that's the thing that uh, always bothers me when I see these things from the distance, right? So it there's a the group of people who have not been as careful, let's say, right? And then there's other people who have been more careful. And in general, if there is a large family group that has a mix of those different kinds of people, a piece is kept by simply not having occasion to to bump up against each other, right? Because everyone's off doing their quarantine and we may be doing things differently, but let's not fight about it. But then what happens with the like, oh, okay, well, you know, summer's coming and vaccines are going out or whatever, is that the the less conservative people force the issue by inviting the more conservative people to do things. And now the more conservative people must insist, must like, they're, they're like, it's like, don't, don't pull me into a conversation in which I have to tell you that what you're doing is bad. Like, we've been avoiding that conversation for a year, but now you're insisting that right. it happened. And no matter how I demure, you have to say, but why can't you come? It's like, oh, do we have to have this conversation? And eventually you have to say, uh, it's because you're dumb and doing bad things. Well, like, like, would you, like so it would be like if somebody in your family had like a, I mean, something I can relate to. If, if you had a chronic illness where like you, let's say you had celiac, which I don't have, but, you know, it's a real thing. Like, if you knew somebody in your family had celiac, would you make them come to corn night? No, C O R N. Would you make them come to like, like, or like the wheat fest? You'd be like, no, I really can't. I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Like, I would spend the whole time in a portal. It. I, I, I don't want to do that. And like, for me, this, this is, it's not, I don't mean exactly the same, but the logic that I had for the last year is the more that somebody, let's put it this way, let's say you met a romantic paramour and they said something and you say, you're, you're about to, you know, go downtown. And, and they say, uh, oh, don't worry about protection. And then maybe they join that with, oh, I never use protection. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Memberful. Memberful allows you to build and diversify sustainable recurring revenue. 
It's the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience used by the biggest creators on the web. You know, you might have heard us here talking about the Relay FM membership program, but what you might not know is that Memberful is the platform that we use for that program. They make it easy to generate that extra revenue stream and deliver bonus content to members. And I, of course, I've used Memberful. I, I've used it because uh, I actually, oddly enough, am a paying member of Relay. You know, I, I like it so much I bought the company, you know, sort of situation. And I've used it to, to sign up for other things. You go in, you sign up, you get in, you get out, you get your stuff. They can just have that. It's a freebie. You know, maybe you're already producing uh, content and relying on advertising or other means of income, but Memberful makes it easy to diversify that income with everything you need to run a membership program, including custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay. Thank you very much. Can we have Apple Pay on everything, please? Free trials, private podcasts, mm, and tons more while leaving you with full control and ownership of your audience, your brand, and your membership. If you've ever thought about being a content creator of any kind, maybe there's something that you love and know well. Maybe it's technology, you know, uh, maybe it's fitness, you know, it might be cooking, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I love lots of things and don't know that many things well. So, you know, this, this could be for me. I could learn a lot about things, you know, whatever that one thing is where you think, you know, if, if I were going to be a creator, that's what I'd focus on, right? Memberful can help you monetize that passion, monetize your passion. It's memberful. You can just, uh, you know, hang on. I don't know where my bell is. Is it here somewhere? Oh, there. It's memberful. Mm -hmm. So right now you go and you get started for free. You go to memberful.com, M-E-M-B-E-R-F-U-L.com. No credit cards required for memberful.com. And you go there now, you go check it out. It's memberful.com. You know, it could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Okay, I'm restarting call recorder, and I'm restarting audio hijack. You know, surgeons do this. They have checklists. What, talk to themselves? Mm, we're back. We are back. <laughs> Where did you go? I had to go visit with a, I thought he was a retired friend from the military, but I had to do a quick uh, visit with Colonel Panic. <laughs> you had to see a man about a horse? No, that's a different thing. <laughs> I had to see a colonel about a panic. Yeah. I have not had... I believe that was a kernel panic. I didn't get the funny face and everything mm -hmm. or the, or the, the wackadoo multi-language thing like you used to, but oh, I, I, I feel like you missed out. If you didn't get the multi-language thing, that's the one fun part of having a kernel panic. Well, so this is not interesting and this is not the show, except it is. No, what happened was I was talking, I was ranting about, you know, people who don't want to use condoms. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe, huh, was it Catholicism? No, but what happened was, well, first of all, my screen was, I had blocked out. And it wasn't my usual, like, you know, screensaver coming up. But it, the way I really noticed was when I clicked on my touchpad to bring it back up, it didn't make a click. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, that's not that's good. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like, what's, what's the real world equivalent of that? I mean, it's, it's kind of the same feeling of when you step on an escalator, step on an escalator and it doesn't move, right? It's Wally Coyote running in midair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I wish people wouldn't try to make me feel bad. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I, I hope your computer feels better. Oh, I, I meant about I meant about corn. Oh yeah. I mean, yes, you yes. know, and so the only point I want to make is like I'm not ready to dive in on like you know again I'm trying to weigh this. You've taught me to doubt myself. God bless you. So one of the things is like I'm not ready to dive in on even the financial commitment 
of three round-trip plane tickets and accommodations in, in the wonderful uh, state of Little Roadie because, like, I mean, I'm still worried, dude. I Now, my lady friend who works with doctors all day long says, don't worry too much about the variations, the variants or whatever. But I'm like, I'm kind of worried about the variants. Well, it seems like you you are, you have already moved. It seems like the goalposts, the, the Overton window in your household is already in a location that I find surprising because I was about to say that in an ideal world, setting aside the particular issue at hand, it would mm-hmm. be simply be a matter of etiquette that any etiquette columnist would tell you, which is when invited to do a thing in any context, family, friend, or otherwise, it is po- it should be perfectly possible to, to politely de- decline and not be interrogated to try to defend your reasoning. I, to- like the- I totally agree. Now, people in Ohio see that we would do that, but then we talk about you behind your back. The, yeah, the that's diff- not the, part of the etiquette contract. The difference here is, John, this is more like, uh, like uh, now I'm going to use the, the continent and the name wrong. It's like a British election where like suddenly, by the way, pretty soon we're going to have an election. Says who? Says me, governor. Torch and Lori, pants and suspenders. And like, so there was a couple, three senior members of, of the family. And let's just <laughs> mm-hmm. be clear here. My wife is the youngest of seven. So it's usually one of the two senior members will like suddenly call a new election, which in this case mm-hmm. is everybody has to come. Everybody has mm-hmm. to come through Rhode Island this summer. And the polite declining is off the table somehow? I mean, I think you potentially place yourself on the second or third shelf if you do that too much. Yeah, that's that's not, you again- Do you have shelves it, in your family? No one wants to talk about this. I mean, like, we probably do, but I'm least, obviously- We're at least a second shelf family, but I do know that there are people who are relatively close to the center of the family centrifuge who are perpetually, they they, they chose to be, it's sort of like a uh, like Harry Dean Stanton, you know, uh, was Harry Dean Stanton? No. Might have been, no, might have been uh, Vincent, uh, one of the guys, the father from Pretty in Pink. You know, you send out a certain signal, you know, people are going to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Where like you've, you've left early too many times. <laughs> you've just not showed up too many times. You've grumbled and rolled your eyes. And this is not us, but there are people in the family who have been, have been put on a lower shelf. And I'm sorry you haven't seen Halt and Catch Fire because of your morals. I just, I started watching that. The first episode is, the first episode is very bad. It's not, it's extremely good. But no. there's a point, I'm not going to spoil this, but there's a point when uh, Ronan Farrow, the accuser, he's very good at this. He's basically kind of a Steve Jobs character. I'm, 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 three, I'm three episodes in, don't run it for me. Oh, and you hate it? No, I just, I don't like the sex scene in the first episode. That's why I bailed on it originally. Which sex scene? I, I don't want to make a big deal about this. There's Which a dumb sex scene? sex scene in the first episode. The first, I mean. Is it with him and her? Yeah. Is it with Lee and uh, Mackenzie? So this show, it's going to talk about technology. So it's going to run to the plumber problem with me, which is a phrase that I. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. The, the, it's a stupid analogy. It, is that a porn? It, is that a porn thing, John? No, the the plumber problem is my my mental filing location of the of the phenomenon where if you know something about a topic, it's very difficult to enjoy a movie that addresses that topic in any way because you know how bogus it is. Oh God, yes. Why did I even suggest this? Ugh. Right. So if you're a plumber and there's some movie involves pipes, you're pulled out of the movie because of some right, unre- right, unreality right. The, the, about the, pipes. The, the welder uh, who reviewed Flashdance on Letterman. 
Right, exactly, right? And and you don't want to do it. You're not trying to be a spoil sport. You're not trying to be Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? But you just find yourself pulled a little bit out of it in a way that no other viewer would because everyone else isn't a plumber. I wish you would instead enjoy like how much they get right in this, like down to like the way the product packaging for stuff looks. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not I'm not going into it being like, oh, I'm not going to like this is not accurate. But I yeah, do no, find I myself slightly yeah, no. pulled out of it. Right. And the second thing is the right, so Lee Pace's character is a jerk. Uh, I don't like him. Yeah. And he has this awful sex scene with this girl. What's who awful he's about you to... saying it's like like not nice? It just, it just seemed like, like it's, the, it's the whole HBO thing. Why is there a sex scene in episode one of a show about Because computers? it's the 80s, John. In the but 80s, you like, had to have a sex scene in every movie, including so they, ones it, that are made in the... Even though they hmm. play it off as like, oh, well, you know, she's not hung up about it either. Oh, are we in love now? Like, she's the tough girl or whatever. There is a power dynamic between a supposedly wealthy person talking to her about, you know, like, potential yeah. job opportunities, and then they have sex. But and she's it's just... a seeker. She's a seeker. She <sighs> seeks. Yeah, and the, the scene in the classroom was cringe, as the kids say. Oh, well, wait to see the opportunities for her to show off what she knows about. Yeah, computers. but anyway, but but I'm glad I stuck with it because the 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 character with the beard who you see how you, great is him? How imagine, great like, is he and his wife? Don't he's you love good. his wife? His wife is unreal. His wife's cute. amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she's good. I think Alexandra knows her. Vaguely. She, I'm not sure. I'm entirely sure she's real. Uh, she well, seems like <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, but there, there's a great. Well, oh, doesn't matter. She's, but she, those, that that couple's dynamic and their acting was yeah. good. Um, and Lee Pace, it's clear, is supposed to be a jerk. So I'm more or less on board with that now. Well, one reason I'm just going to toss this out, like if you can put aside all the ways that you're you, like I, I do feel like that's this whole first season of the show. And this is not a spoiler, but it's just well, no, it's not. I don't think. But like, think about Patriot, and like one thing that makes Patriot. There's so much that makes Patriot enjoyable. That cast is amazing. But like, don't you feel like one part is like, you know, they, they say act, act one is, you know, where you chase your main character up a tree. Act two, you throw apples at them. And, you know, I've, I've heard various explanations, of this, but act three is we figure out how or whether they got down. I think the sort of note inside of all that is, well, then how are they different from where they started at the end of act three? What, what have we learned? Um, and well, do you want to know how they got in that sack? I love you so much. You're my worst the, friend, but I love you so much. And like the the thing that you described, I feel like it can be condensed it's into one the sack question. It's erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. <laughs> Don't you want to know how they is with Dabney Coleman? <laughs> that's another. Uh, that's another canon Sony thing for me. If you had asked me again, I would have bet a lot of money in the past decade that it was from Paris to Minsk, but it's not. It's not Paris to Minsk. What is it? You got. I think you got it right. I think it's Milan yeah. to Minsk. I'm sure I got the wording slightly wrong. Rochelle, 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 Young Rochelle. Girl, strange erotic journey from Paris to Minsk, but that's not what it is. I, I I memorized it wrong in my head. Hmm. Anyway, Lee Pace. I'm not gonna spoil yeah, so it. I'm, Lee, I'm Lee, giving Lee it a Pace, chance. There's a thing involving shelves mm-hmm. in ca- Halt and Catch Fire, and it's one of his good. His one of his good speeches. Okay. He's he's obviously a good actor. He's playing a big jerk. I don't like his character, but I like the beardy guy, and I'm rooting for him. And I like the and I like the girl and I'm rooting for her. Even she's, she's amazing. Being, she's being exploited by these terrible people. Okay, here's the thing: the music in this show is so freaking good. The music that she's usually listening to on headphones, especially, and it mm-hmm. changes. It's not always exactly you know they break the rule a little bit, but mm-hmm. God, the most frustrating thing is they have this song that plays briefly 
in, I don't want to say five, six, seven, but somewhere, somewhere in the first season. And it is, to, to paraphrase my daughter, a bop. There's this really good, somewhere between power punk, power pop and, 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 you know, like punk rock. And it's like, I cannot find it to save my life. I'm pretty sure it's just a song that they made for the show. They might've just made like, you know, mm. 16 bars of it, but it's maddening. The Music Collective is not a band. I th- I'm thinking the Music Collective, and you'll see it in, in the subs if you if you got the subs on, like deaf people like me do. Um, anyway, there's a thing where Lee Pace talks about shelves, and, and what I'm saying is I don't have a stake in this, but I don't I don't want my partner's status to 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 take her down to a lower shelf because we're not a gamer mm, yeah i see where i mean this is always this is always the problem yeah, because sometimes, as as, sometimes you don't make it sometimes you don't make it back you don't even yeah, know what yeah. you're not invited to anymore i i love not going to things but mm-hmm. she's social and she likes people yeah, and she yeah. apparently she loves cares, her family she, she cares what shelf I was, I was gonna say for you it's like well whatever i don't care what shelf i'm on but if your wife cares something now you care you have if you to want care. to put me on the top shelf with wheezy i am fine with that mm-hmm I don't even care if mom fixes my squeaker. You'll pardon my saying. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. Oh, dear me, our old friends at Squarespace. Why are they still doing ads? Why are they still doing ads? Why don't you have Squarespace? Because, you know, if, if, if you don't have it, go get it. You go to squarespace.com slash diffs. Listen, listen, I'm going to say this till I'm blue in the face, okay? You go make your next move with Squarespace. All right, Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Whatever it is you want to make, it's for the internet, right? I don't know why my voice gets high when I talk about Squarespace, but it does. I'm up here. Come with me. Join me. Play, play with me. Come with me and play with Squarespace. Online store, not a problem. They can do that. A portfolio, a blog. You want to sell stuff? That's fine. They do it all, you know? It's an all-in-one platform. Let's you do what you need to do. There's nothing to install. No patches to worry about. No upgrades are ever needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you need any help, you know, and they, and they let you quickly and easily grab a domain name. And, and you're going to need that. You, you would like, you know, if you're going to be on the internet, I suggest having a domain name. It's where people can find you. You know, you go check it out. It's Squarespace. Just go get it. You know, geez. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. It's covered. Covered. All their award-winning templates are beautifully designed you to show off your great ideas and you know this says your personal recommendations can go here and so it will i recommend squarespace because i use squarespace i've been using this and listen you guys roderick on the line that's all squarespace with the audio files the the images i've 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 you know borrowed and and, and lightly uh you know uh edited from the internet you know that's not squarespace's problem that's my problem but i do that i do that and that's Squarespace. You put it all in Squarespace. You drag, you drop, you move some, some things around. You, ch- you can change the colors of things. You can make an Amazon link. Bob's your uncle. Bob is your uncle. It's Squarespace. Just, jeez. Why don't you get Squarespace? Crazy part, their plans start at just $12 a month, which is hardly any money. But you go right now, you start a free trial with no credit card required. No credit card required. You go to squarespace.com slash this. That's D-I-F-F-S. Okay. When you decide to sign up, use that very special offer code DIFFS, D-I-F-F-S. You're going to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And best of all, arguably, I mean, you get a website, which is nice. But it also will show your support for John Craig Syracuse. 
And let's really, let's make that little guy feel good. You know, he only wants to really be remembered for one thing, but maybe a second thing is you're supporting him because you use Squarespace. And that's going to make everybody's life better. You know, it's what Michael Scott will call a win, 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 win. You know, squarespace.com slash diffs. Offer code diffs, 10% off your first purchase. Don't make me keep doing this. I'm going to do this until you all get it. Okay, so you're just going to have to deal. Go and get a website, squarespace.com slash diffs. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and John Craig Syracuse. John, we're back. And what are we talking about? We, uh, I don't even know how long. We, oh, this is so confusing. I'm so mad at my colonel. Um, we had some, uh, min- some minor topics. Oh, by the way, just so you all know, uh, you can choose to uh, support the things that we do here by going to relay.fm slash RD. And uh, you could uh, choose to tithe a uh, small amount of money each month when you give us money. Uh, you get this show. And now here's, here's the thing. I'm now, this is where I really sell it. where I bring it home because the thing is a comp- sometimes a computer company, it knows what's going to be on the first shelf. But then other times you say to yourself, you know, you got your, you got your stupid little like white label computer you put on the second shelf. But the question always is, what am I going to put on my third shelf? Okay. We don't care. We just want your money. Okay, you handle the, the the shelving. You give us the money, and when you do that, you will get uh, the the uh, the two month uh, two times a month we uh, put out this show, and uh, you will get those shows w- without advertisements. But you will also get bonus content at least once a month. And uh, if you wanted to support us that way, we'd appreciate it. It helps us a lot, and uh, it really helps people discover the show. Did you see what I did there? I learned that from the TV show. Hmm. What's that? When I'm moving to close, keep your mouth shut. I didn't oh interrupt you when you were moving God. to close. Huh? Huh? Oh my, oh my God, thank you. You're totally, not Roger. What's his name? I know his name. What's his name? I never remember anybody's name. The guy John. with the beard. Oh my God, that's so good. When I'm moving to close. Oh yes. Because he's a nervous talker. He's a nervous talker, Jerry. I mean, and yeah, he, he's a jerk though, because that well, deal, you know, he was like, not, like, not going to get that agree, deal trying, He's trying to fill the air. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh God, you know who's great in that is Arnie. The strongest man in the world, uh, the Wiz. Nobody beats his deals. To- uh, Cotton Hill, right? Toby Huss is so good on this show. You, you recognize him from all those things, right? So the, the boss, guy who the guy who hires him, the boss. Yeah, I see him. Yep, he's yep. he's Arnie from Pete yep. and Pete. He's the mm-hmm. Wiz. Nobody beats his deals from Seinfeld, and he's also Cotton Hill from King of the Hill. Yeah, he's good. He's so good in this. Ah, oh, I'm glad you're watching, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the uh, you know. You know, your Catholicism uh, ruined the first episode. Um, and now we're really, really back. John, tell me what we're talking about. I'm a mess right now. This kernel thing's got me real screwed up. I think it might be. I think it might be the the app that I'm running uh, to do things with my stream deck. That's going to be my guess. Yeah. Whatever. The last thing you changed. That's a good suspect. Well, talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I think. I mean, I had a bunch of stuff here, but I given like your the- small. I like your small garage. Given the chaotic nature of this, though, I want to. This has been pulling me in because when I was prepping for the show and bringing up web pages or whatever, just just when just when you thought you were out, yeah, this this thing has been pulling me in, and I think it's a small thing, and I don't know. It, this has been a stressful night, John. Let's do an easy one. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Yeah. All right. So here. So let's Ooh. let's start. Let's start with this. Let's start with this tweet that I just sent you from uh-huh. from. Uh-huh. Oh, is, is many... this the dude? I saw you talking about this. Yeah. I. Okay, yes. So look at this tweet. How long ago was this tweet? This was uh, two years ago, pre-COVID. I did a little thread about book covers that I like. 
Um, yeah, I. You know what? Oh my God, was this two years ago? I totally remember this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, give, give me the whole, give me the whole rundown because this guy's stuff is wild. John, what are we talking about here? Uh, we've talked about my artwork before, and a lot of the stuff, the artwork I did as a kid was uh, copying pictures made by this artist. Uh, this I came to know this artist uh, from his work doing the paintings that are on the covers of. Uh, the Dragonlance series of books, which I read when they were published and had a big impact on me. Was Dragonlance a post, like a, 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 a not a cash grab, but like, is it, it's a, because of AD&D that it's books like this got made, do you think? It is absolutely Dungeons and Dragons adjacent. It was published by TSR. Oh, well, when, before, there you go. Before they, okay. were, before they were Wizards of the Coast, they were TSR. And in fact, the story mm-hmm. that is contained in these books was, uh, created by people, play, a bunch of people playing Dungeons and Dragons. And then this is sort of writing down the story formed from those play sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, or so the legend goes, or so my understanding of the legend <laughs> goes. Okay. Um, and these paintings uh, on these book covers, you know, when you're a kid, like the, the picture on the cover of a book has such an impact on you. Absolutely. <laughs> I still, re- I never finished reading Splinter of the Mind's Eye, but I'll st- I still so clearly remember the cover. It was very... Uh, and again, like everybody else, I'll pronounce this the wrong way. Ralph McQuarrie looking like, mm-hmm. like Luke with his lightsaber kind of bent over in this sort of Jack Kirby pose. Yes, absolutely. Huge, huge impact. Yeah. And, and these books in particular, I think if you ask anybody who grew up around the time I did and read these books, people will unprompted mention the covers. Um, and maybe to the sort of casual observer, it's like, so what? It's a fantasy book with a bunch of people with swords and dragons on the cover. Like, it's a dime a dozen, right? But if I if I describe most of this to you, the, the somebody of my age, you know, what come to mind is Frank Frazetta, like from posters and 38 special records. We're not, not in the 38 special, uh, Molly Hatchet. Because this is not an unknown, radical, new thing. Like, no, making, making like paintings people dressed like people bears with, with swords, right? Right. Like, it, this is not a particularly new thing. But I think that these, that, this particular artist, Larry Elmore, who did these covers, and these specific covers, not just the covers, the, like not just the painting, but the entire cover design with the color scheme and the, and the logo and everything. It's got a lot of heart. Was just like something came together here to gel into an aesthetic and a sort of design for the Dragonlance world that was Larry Elmore's interpretation of these characters that, and combined with the design of the books, combined with, you know, the, the stories that were in them, which granted are, you know, young adult fantasy dragony stories published by the, the company that makes Dungeons and Dragons. So it is what you think it is, right? Um, I think it really was something special for the time. And that's why so many people remember it. It's got, but it's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of personality. It's not just like generic, like, you know, chicks in furry bikinis. So it's, it's hard to see in these little tiny book covers, but I don't know if you can zoom way, way in on your computer and look at the detail in these things and look at the, the I went to his website. Like, I went to his uh, Patreon based on your suggestion, but yeah. Uh, and you know, he's got cool women. I love this. Yeah. But he's also, he doesn't leave out the fetishism of like the cool D and D outfits. Like this costs some GP, like every piece in this, the high, hard boots, the whatever, like, you know, the, uh, the mace, like it's all very D&D. If you read this book and then while you're reading it, you keep looking back at the cover. Everything that's on that cover is in the book. Every piece of equipment, everything that they're wearing. I like this blue dragon. Every expre- every expression that's on people's faces is meaningful to the plot of the story, even more so if you scroll, scroll down to that my second. That is extremely surprising to me. So you think the covers came after the book was written? Oh, uh, yeah. It had to be written. Uh, covers no, no, made. as opposed to, no, as opposed to like go hire 
you know, the equivalent of Fiverr, go hire somebody to go make a generic fantasy cover. Oh yeah, no, no. These these covers are absolutely informed by the by the the stories that are in the books. And if you and again, because they're done from play sessions, they kind of knew the story anyway. If you look at the second mm-hmm. one here, this is the second uh, trilogy of books mm-hmm. that focuses on a subset of the characters from the first. Again, the covers. Uh, if you know the stories of the books and look at the covers, not that there's, you know, you, the, the, the people, what they're wearing, where they are, the sky in the oh, background, their facial expressions uh, fit with the the stories, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, Larry Elmar, is my favorite fantasy artist by a bazillion miles. I grew up loving everything that he did. I bought all of his calendars. He continued to do all the artwork for Dragonlance. He would, you know, posters of these things. Just I had it everywhere. He's like, there were so many fantasy artists that I love, but Larry Elmar was my number one. So fast forward mm-hmm. a bazillion years to me being an old person and somehow stumbling on Larry Elmore's Patreon. Now, I don't know why I didn't see this before because I have, I recently bought like, a book that's called like the art of Elmore. It was like an $80 coffee table book that had like wow. big glossy prints of his, his paintings. Right. That's cool. I bought that a while ago, but somehow didn't find his Patreon. Then and more recently I stumbled across his Patreon and I looked at it the other day and you should, you know, patreon.com slash Larry Elmore, E L M O R E. It'll be in notes. <laughs> and I couldn't believe what I saw. So, <laughs> First of all, Larry Elmore, I don't know what I had, what picture I had in my mind of what he was like, because growing up, there was no internet. There's no way for me to know anything about Larry Elmore other than what his signature He has a cuddly like. guy with a beard. <laughs> and yeah. So eventually you find out what he looks like. He looks like Santa, which, okay, mm-hmm. that fits. I did not yeah. expect him to have the accent that he has, but who knows? And of course, all is maybe this is just a thing that I have. When there's some kind of art that uh, that I admire, I always picture picture the person who made it as some kind of like... Uh, incredibly noble ethereal being who's mm-hmm. above the, the the petty squabbles of humanity and just as a very deep thinker and creative you know like they're like like a i don't know a god on olympus or just like just so much above it and then you find out they're just a regular person and it's it's like they bring they come back down to earth and it's like oh they're it's so just, refreshing yeah the, the best example of that was uh my uh one of my uh very favorite games journey has a soundtrack that's sort of these mournful cellos and strings mm-hmm. playing and everything and the uh the artist is austin wintry oh, god i'll correct myself next week if i just got that name wrong and i'll be really embarrassed by it um but i played the game i love the music about the soundtrack mm-hmm. and the whole time i'm playing and listening i'm picturing who this person is who made this music and i'm picturing picturing like a tiny old man with gray hair who's like conducting <laughs> a symphony orchestra like <laughs> just like very wise uh-huh. and yeah. sort of you know like so very very like sober serious years years of experience a maestro really you know just like a classically trained mm-hmm. you know very old right and it was like a 25 year old kid wow <laughs> and the music and I was like what it was the biggest disparity between what i had in my head and finding out who the actual person who made the music is it was like are you are you still in high school what you made this mm-hmm. music and it just blows your mind anyway super frustrating so so here's larry Elmore. he's the guy with the beard right his patreon has right now let me get the page up oh come on interwebs i had to go i had to go a uh in a incognito oh my god window. john 20, this is criminal 24 is criminal. 24 subscribers <gasps> is that right Yes, so $390 a month. Two, four. He has 24 supporters on his Patreon. Now, I will direct your attention to the top of the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Larry Elmore. You see a bunch of pictures that he's made. 
right? Mm-hmm. You see a little picture of him in a circle. See his name, Larry Elmar. Can you please look at the text that is underneath his name? Yeah, and so this is in the in the style of when you go to Patreon and you uh, sign up to be a, a uh, you know a member, you 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 have this weird way you're supposed to say like you say like John Syracuse is like you know playing volleyball nude for money. This says Larry Elmore is creating fantasy art, Dungeons and Dragons slash Dragonlance. All right, so let's look at this. Is creating fantasy art. Is creating is all lowercase. Fantasy art has a ca- lowercase. Fantasy oh, art has a capital a F and a capital A. A little typo there. Then there's a space. Then there's an ellipsis. Then there's another space. Then it says Dungeons and Dragons. The A in and is capitalized. The D yeah. in Dungeons and Dragons is capitalized. Dragons is spelled wrong. That's probably to get around the lawyers, I'm guessing. No. Slash, and then the space, slash, space, and then it says Dragonlance. And Dragonlance is is miscapitalized because Dragonlance does not have a capital L. Okay. This is Larry Elmore's Patreon. And they couldn't be bothered to correctly capitalize and spell the words Dungeons and Dragons and Dragonlance. Larry Larry Elmore Elmore. couldn't be bothered. That's not Patreon's fault. Don't blame Jack. No, I'm not saying Patreon. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying who is running Larry Elmore's Patreon? Because Larry well, Elmore, pretty, pretty Elmore soon you, I hope. bless his heart, does not strike me as a technically savvy person. Hmm. He does oil paintings. What was his voice paper. like? Is he Australian? He looks Australian. He is not Australian. Hmm, I tried. He's from somewhere in the south of that the US. That is, a, that's adorable. That is a weird typo. And he has 24 patrons. This is like, from my perspective, this, oh, is, like you, this is like you discovering, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm trying to find a good equivalent to you. This is like you discovering maybe that... Me discovering somebody from like the move is like, you know, returning rental cars. Right. right. Or, no, no, or even like, more so. Well, the example that I'm going to send, I've been collecting these for a few minutes. I want to share with you the artwork of Jeff D, who we've talked about, I think before. He's kind of a weirdo atheist. I think he might be some kind of a something atarian. But like, it is weird when like, okay, so listen, uh, pound sign privilege. It's so weird to me when I go to Wikipedia and like one of my idols has a much shorter Wikipedia entry than I've ever had. That's really frustrating to me. It makes me angry. We're like, or like, you know what I mean? It's just that whole general thing of like, sort of like Alex and I were saying on Dubai Friday last week, like, who do you wish liked you? Like, you know, I, I wish the bass player from Silkworm liked me. Tim Midget will never know how much the band Silkworm means to me. I just wish he liked me. And now, now he sells rubs for meats, you know, but that, that's, that's just one example of like somebody who's like, oh my God, he's in my pantheon. doesn't matter if anybody else likes him as much as I do. I like him as much as I do. And it's impossible for me to understand when these people that were such lions of, you don't want to say just an industry, but like when, when people who were like a tentpole of a cultural corner that means the world to you, now aren't as sort of, uh, they're not relevant. You know what I mean? Isn't that part of it? You're like, I don't understand. This is ridiculous. This is like finding him like, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, with a tin cup on the tea. Yeah, it's it's like finding out Mr. Rogers is working at Walmart. And that, and furthermore. Another example is, I think his name is Bill Mantelo, the guy who, and of course, this is Marvel, so, you know, follow bug. But like the guy who made Rocket Raccoon is like, you know, his life was hard and he had lots of health problems. And of course he never, he got, he was basically, I think like, like almost everybody at Marvel outside the the bullpen was like, you know, work for hire guy. And I, I mean, 
like at the end of his life when he was having these terrible health problems as Guardians of the Galaxy was making millions and millions of dollars. You're like, how is, how is this happening? How is somebody not like just going to this guy and saying, wave a magic wand, I'm going to make your life better? In, in, in my life, the, I guess the closest equivalent is like, if Steven Spielberg made like Jaws and E.T. and Indiana Jones, uh, and then fast forward to 2021, and Steven Spielberg started a Patreon to try to make more movies, and 24 people signed up after he made Jaws and E.T. and, and Raiders, Right. After he made those, he made those things. They were phenomenal, cultural, cultural destroying things. And then no one thought about him. And then he came back and started a Patreon and 24 people signed up. Or like, or like he's on, he's on Cameo. And it's like, hey, Joey, I heard you're having a special birthday. And you'd be like, oh, dude. Right. And and no shame on being on Patreon. But the no, idea no, no, that, no, no, that no, you would no. go but, on Patreon yeah. and people would say, hey, I know you made Jaws and E.T. and Raiders of the Lost But Ark, like on the but, merits, eh. on the merits, this person should, if like it was any normal country, this person would have some kind of genius based pension. I don't know how that would get worked out, but like this person, this person should never have to worry for the rest of yeah, their life. No, they, they, like, have, they have elevated the culture in a way that like, I bet you a country like France probably takes care of people like that. Yeah. There's a whole generation of people who imprinted on his artwork in a fundamental way. The Dragonlance books and series and that whole world certainly made tons of money for everyone involved. And it, and like I said, his cover and his artwork specifically is both associated with that franchise yeah. and given large amounts of credit for making that franchise what it was. And just overall, he does artwork for all sorts of things with TSR and Dungeons and Dragons and everything like that. He is a phenomenal artist who also happened to be lucky enough to do an incredibly culturally important thing in his Patreon has 24 people and I cannot get my head around it. And then whoever's running his Patreon, which is probably not him, isn't doing a good job and isn't bothering to pay attention to things like the word dragon being misspelled or capitalizing dragon. If, if Larry Elmore can't get Dragonlance capitalized correctly on his page, what hope is there for anybody? There's no justice, no justice, no peace. That's wrong. That's wrong. No, I'm with you. And then what does he have on the Patreon? He has, he has videos, poorly produced videos. Again, I don't blame him, but whoever's no. working him with a videographer, videos of him doing artwork. He's old enough. He's old enough that he shouldn't have to care about this. Somebody right. should. He should have a, a, a niece who's helping him with this. He, he does have people who are helping him, but they're not doing a great job. And I, I signed mm -hmm. up for it just because I wanted to see videos of him doing artwork. And so you can watch and be dazzled by the fact that he can't just draw straight from his brain perfectly anatomically correct figures in exactly the pose and exactly the expression that he it's wants. Magic. Magic. Like just, you know, because that's part of the things I love about his artwork is that of all the fantasy artists, and you're familiar with this from all your comic book artists, mm -hmm. Larry Elmore understands how the 3D world works and how humans are shaped. And I know that seems like a low bar, but just look at no. some fantasy artwork, right? No, but it, he doesn't have to draw six circles and hope the head's the right no, proportion. He absolutely knows what people look like and how they connect to each other and how things work in the world. His perspective is always perfect. His humans are perfect. His his coloring is is a style, but it is just... It is mm -hmm. just so consistent and perfect. Very, very vivid. Yeah, it is phenomenal. I mean, just like just look at any of the artwork that that's in here. Like you, you, if you played Dungeons and Dragons in the the eighties, you probably recognize some of it from various you know modules and stuff. And if you know anything about Dragonlance, of course, you recognize those things. I I can't understand why you know. So anyway, I signed up and I'm watching his videos, and I wish they were better produced, and I wish he had more patrons and i really hope that he is just doing this as a fun thing well you just you you, you just got you just got one more i'm, I'm number 25 now yeah and now now i can never unsubscribe because he'll notice no he said, he, I, <laughs> totally I no it's absolutely it's like this is the problem like you would be on the third shelf 
<laughs> and he, he sent he sent me i mean either him or one of his minions sent like a personal message after i signed up that oh, said hey that's thanks, so nice. thanks for signing up let me know what you want me to talk about in my videos oh because my when god you've got, i love because him. when you've got 24 patrons you can ask each one hey what do you want me to talk about and i'm like i just want you to be happy i know right <laughs> i just want you to like like the the amount of you know joy and wonder this person brought into the world multiplied by that incredibly you know best selling huge huge sold huge numbers of those books, and he's got twenty four patrons. So I just really hope that Larry does not need money and is just doing this as a fun hobby. Hey, if you guys got a little extra dough, if you got a you know probably even like I don't know if he I'm, lets no, you I'm, do I'm not encouraging hocks. people to sign. This I am. Not a pitch I for am. People I want this man's story just... time with Elmore Military Service. Oh my God, and he lives in what Kentucky. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, oh, his, accent, his accent is was very surprising to me. I, I like this blue that. dragon. I mean, but I I just want to see him do art, even though it's really distant and blurry, and I can't see what he's actually doing. And then you just listen to him talk and give stories about it. like I, one of the videos watching. He said, "People think I have a lot of time to do these, but one time I was supposed to do the cover for one of the Dragonlance books. It was the it was the second trilogy. I think I think that's what he was talking about. It was the the, the first trilogy is phenomenally successful. New York Times number one bestseller, you know, world changing in the world wow. of, you know, fantasy things, right? Um, it's time for the second trilogy. Let's get Larry Elmore to do the covers again because he was such a big part of the first trilogy. It's super important that he be part of the franchise. It's like getting John Williams to do the music for the Star Wars. Super important, right? Yeah. Um, and supposedly you had a month to do the cover and they, they called him up and said, oh, you don't have a month. You got two days. Hmm. To do, God, to what, do what a, a full, what a a full sized oil painting, starting yeah. from a blank piece of paper, so that it comes out looking like these pictures you're seeing. Unbelievable. Well, John's not going to do it, but I will. If you, if you like this kind of stuff and you want to uh, support an artist that uh, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of person who means a lot to the to, to people like John, he should and never me. have to do anything again. He's one of those. People, I know, if you but do this, like if shoulds and buts were wishes and nuts, then nobody would have a bowl of granola. Yeah. You know, and I'll see if uh, I can find the link to the, the 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 coffee table book. I think is no longer available. I think it was a one time printing of this fancy thing. I'm so glad I got a copy. But if you ever find one of those for mm. sale used if you or see, something, if you see a book like recommend. that that you like, buy it fast. It's yeah. unbelievable. I'm not. It's not unbelievable. It's perhaps it's all too believable how stuff goes out of print so fast now. Yeah, and especially these like you know narrow interests, special like I, I kind of kind of. I kind of regret, and you can tell me if you feel this too, I kind of regret I didn't buy the stupid $300 Apple book with the Johnny Ive designs in it. I mean, it's not a happy thing to say, but yeah, I have a bunch of things like that. Well, because, I mean, like, how do you describe this? You know, it's like, there's all those people, like, uh, I, I want to say somebody like uh, Paul Allen types who, like, you know, were weirdos their whole life and then got a ton of money, and then they're, like, buying all the things that would have made them happy when they were young. You know, like a compliment mm -hmm. from punk rocker or something. Uh, but like, you know, you think it's costly uh, from Barnes and Noble in 1996. Like, wait till it's not available after 1997. Yeah, I mean, you try that, to go find it. That's the thing I didn't put into and my up, And up to John's level, no cracks in the spine. No, yeah, uh, no flocking. Exactly. No flocking on the cards. Like, like, like I didn't. If, if you had asked me when the Apple book came out, do you want this book? I would have said, no. It's you kidding stupid me? Three hundred dollar book. I yep. I don't need no that. Way. Right. It's just. It's so indulgent. And no, I don't need another three hundred dollar book. And it's just ridiculous. It's just like another no. way to keep Johnny happy for a couple right. months. Right? I don't want it. Right. But now that it is literally impossible to get it, it's the only thing I can think about. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, why didn't you get it? Because you didn't. Didn't you realize that you were going to not be able to get that again? 
Yeah, but that's not how the mind works. Like you and I have been, I mean, I assume, I know I have, have been through times where like you're like more recently than I would be proud to say is like, you know, trying to, you know, just going through the couch cushions for quarters. It's like, that would just feel, oh, I got my, here's here's your confirmation for Larry Elmore. That's nice. I'm in. I mean, it could just be an automated message that always. No, 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 no. This is automated. It's automated, but you know, I don't, I don't. John, to paraphrase you, I just want people to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for example, I was listening to an episode of um, my beloved You're Wrong About podcast today, and they're so nice on there, and they're like, they were just like, we're so sheep. It was listening to one of the Patreon episodes, and they were saying, like, sort of sheepishly, like, look, when we went into corn, we went to this, we went from our every other week schedule to, like, where we'd have a book club s- segment on the alternate weeks, and then- is she, still, is she still working on a book about the satanic panic? Satanic panic? She is. And then, but then they were saying like, yeah, but like, you know, and now Michael's doing maintenance phase, highly recommended find it for notes. Maintenance phase is very good. And actually this week they had an, an episode of uh, maintenance phase on Dr. Oz that I really recommend as their sort of like member episode. But they're saying like, look, uh, you know, life, now I'm talking like Michael, sweetie, like, uh, we have to get back to life now and write the book about the satanic panic. She just keeps saying it that way. (laughs) Maddening. Um, and like, so just so you know, we're going to go back to the every other week and we'll still have a bonus every month. And then they were sheepish and like, you know, I've, I've learned not to be a creep about this, but I wanted to just jump right on my computer machine and say, you know what? I don't care. I mean, there's so many people I support on Patreon where, like, I don't, like, the Technology Connections guy, he's not a big producer. I'm thrilled to be able to support what he does, you know? There's so many people where I'm like, I just want to give you money because I like you, and, like, I wish everybody could, were in a position, just give a little money to somebody that they like. I mean, I think it's, it's, for a lot of us, yeah, it helps with income stuff, but it's also just nice to, like, know that somebody appreciates what you do. And whether or not it's like, a, I would never use the one, two, five, ten, twenty dollars a month to go like, I'm so you need to please me more. Like, God, no, I'm the opposite of that. I would, and please don't tell me why you stopped supporting the show. I really, it's so important you not tell me why. I mean, it, it, well, there's no good, there's no good answer to that. I don't have the money. Oh God, great, thanks. Or like, um, so one time you misgendered this fire hydrant. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Some, I'm glad you're here for a while. But like, I don't know, it's just nice. Like we're all, what did, uh, Alex had that great line. I know they are not the first person to say this, but like in the queer community, everybody's got, the, there's this one $20 bill that everybody keeps passing to everybody else. Mm-hmm. I know that's been said about lots of things, but you know, if you got a chance to let somebody know you think what they do is great, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a nickel. If you got an internet connection, just go tell somebody they're awesome. I bet that would mean a lot to Larry Elmore if you just wrote him a note and, and, and you know what? Please don't say I don't have the money right now. Don't, don't put that on Larry Elmore. You know what I'm saying? Bluegrass state. But just say, you know what? Your work means a lot to me. If there's somebody out there that mean, where it means a lot to you, I don't want to bust a gut, but you know, be decent. And if you don't want to sign up for the Patreon, like on his site, LarryElmore.com, he sells prints of his work, including all the hits. He's got all the hits. Now, if you all go the there, shows. if you go there, don't be discouraged. When you see the sexy ladies, he's got a bunch of sexy ladies. This is these are people with these are dragons, people with this swords. Is, this is and why yes. you couldn't watch Halt and Catch Fire. You're not going to learn about the third. And show. yes, there are sexy ladies. Um, well, and I, I know, mean, you know, God bless women. I I I have a very healthy attitude about all bodies. Oh, uh, and here yeah. I'll I'll pull this one out here. I got to do some interneting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to my. Instagram. So you sent me a dragon. Oh, I like this guy. 
Just, I mean, but you don't appreciate these. Like, look real, look real close at these I know, things. Look, look zooming, at the details. Look, I don't look like at the expressions zoom. on people's faces. Look at what I everybody's know. doing. I always notice the outfits. I like this. Uh, uh, well, I'm probably using the wrong term. It's probably ableist. I, I'm appreciating the magic user's robe. He might be an illusionist. I can't tell from here, and I don't want to be ableist. But I like his wrinkly robe. I think this is beautiful. All right, so I'm going to. Uh... Try to get this URL. The episode is staged link. if you want to add links instead of right. imagining that I'll Look do at that. Much. Look at that. Okay, I'm looking. On Turkey, you saw an Instagram. Oh, Scroll God. all the way to the bottom. Scroll I can't up. see Instagram. You can't? Sure you can. You don't have to be logged in. It always it. wants me to log in. I can't see. Okay. Oh, 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 no. Did you draw this? I, it says, oh, all John, I, that's, this, John, that's this so sweet. This is all I spent my childhood doing. Do you, look, A, John, B, put this a, in B. notes. John has sent me what looks like a p -p -p pencil drawing. What is this? Is this, is this crayons? Chalk pastel. Chalk pastels, as my wife says. And she says crayon and she says pastel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, she's this is beautiful, John. Not as How beautiful as the real thing. No, but you were 15. <laughs> Come on. You had a lot of hormones going yes. on. Yes. I, was, I was 15 and, and hair, I had no idea how to use chalk pastels. Um, chalk pastels. Yes. And I, I took some liberties with the sky. But- this is like this is how obsessed I was with his artwork. I copied so many of his pictures just because I thought they were the most amazing things to have, and I couldn't buy posters of them. They were just tiny postage stamps on books. I, this was on a calendar, I think, and I made you know big. Po this is like a poster sized thing. This is like you mm -hmm. know two feet by two feet. Wow! I, and, I put, and I put these all on my wall because I just because I wanted to have them on my wall. Um, I know you've already seen this, but like. And and every single picture that I have pasted you, uh, with mm -hmm. one exception, mm -hmm. I did copies of. Wow, you had a lot of free time in a good way. I covered my entire wall with uh, Bloom County cartoons, Calvin and Hobbes uh, cartoons, yep, yep, all, yep, yep, all yep. cut out of the newspaper, and these pictures. Boy, that sounds like a fire hazard. Look at Jeff D. Zelrick of Milnabone. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Look at that from Deities and Demigods. Yeah, see, he that's an example of a person who doesn't know how humans work. <laughs> But he does know how line art works. He knows it's how line stylized. art works. Line it's art. Stylized. I know. I get it. It's very stylized. He did. He did the Egyptians, and deities and demigods. He did that one. He did that one module he I did, like. He did the kobolds. Well, he did that overpowered module with the walking brains and the the, and the spoilers. But it turns out it's actually a spaceship. Do you remember that one? Uh, not, not expedition to the borderlands, but what's it called? Um, keep on the borderlands. Is that the one? It was part of a yeah yeah yeah. But boy, the art in that Jeff D. Woof. He's a something Atarian title. Okay, can I go home now? Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's support right. Larry Elmore. Wizard, he, you shall not pass. Woo. He deserves everything that he gets and more. Well, I'm in. I'm in. Everybody else go. Go Go say something nice to, to Larry Elmore or like buy him a hot chocolate, as, as we like to say in the, in the open source community.